0: Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. This morning, my message title is Stay in the Word. And uh, before we get into the actual word, I just got a little freebie I want to start off with. I feel it led to do. Um, But I was thinking of the life of David and David was a young shepherd boy. And uh, David was the least of his brothers. He was the smallest. He was the weakest. uh, Maybe not as smart as, you know, Eliab and Shammah and all the other brothers, Abinadab and and so on. I believe there was nine brothers in the family. And uh, eight, sorry. Sorry, please forgive me. And uh, I got to stay in the word. Anyways, but the Lord tells Samuel to go and anoint a man to be the next king. And so he goes and he sees the big the big, strong, handsome one, and, and God's like, no, this must be, and God's like, no, no, and he goes on down the line, and then there's David, and he wasn't even in the line, and uh, Jesse had to go, this, I have one more son, but he's our shepherd, he's, you know, a shepherd, and he's, you know, kind of small and young, and, and God said, this is the one, anoint David, because he's going to be king over my people one day, and so the Lord, by Samuel, anointed David, gave David this anointing from heaven, to be a ruler in Israel, the king of Israel. And while he carried that anointing, he continued on doing the work that God had him doing in terms of shepherding. Do you know that? He was anointed to be king, but that time for him to be the king yet was not yet ready, right? Though it tarries, wait for it. David was waiting for it. He, he knew it would come. He knew he was called. He knew he was anointed by God. But he had to wait. And so he continued to take, take care of the sheep in the fields. And he, he continued to play his harp and to praise God and to write psalms and songs unto the Lord. And, and there came a time where David's father, Jesse, said, David, this is all he asked him. I want you to go to where the fight is. I want you to go to the battle. Your brothers are at war with the Israelites. The Philistines have come. The enemies have come. And they're fighting the Israelites. I want you to go, David, and take food to your brothers. That's all he was told. Am I right? He wasn't told go and fight anyone. He wasn't, he wasn't told go, you know, and, and do anything else. Just take food to your brothers and then come back home and tell me how they are. And David said, okay. So he took the food. And when he got to the Israelite camp, he saw the battle. He saw the war taking place. And when he looked up, he saw all the Israelite men. These big men, full of armor, massive swords. King Saul, the Bible says, he was the greatest, strongest, biggest man out of all Israel. And they were all shaking in fear. Why? David was dumbfounded. David didn't understand it. I came to bring you guys food to help you to see how how the war is going. See how the fight is going. And everyone's scared. Why? Because you looked up, and for 40 days, this massive giant Goliath, came out, and he would mock God's people. And he would say, you're nothing. Come and fight me. I defy you. I defy God. I defy Jesus. I defy Christianity. I defy you, men and women of God, this Goliath said. And it, and it put such a fear in the hearts of soldiers in the army of God. And this little young shepherd boy just called to go. Just go and take food. Go and do as you were told. Next thing you know, he knows he's face to face with this mighty, wicked giant, Goliath. And David has a heart. The Bible says he was a young man with a heart after God. And he knew that God was able to do anything exceedingly abundantly. He knew that God was the maker of heaven and earth. He was almighty. He was strong and powerful. And he knew that he was the Lord's. He knew that he was the son of God. And he knew that he was called. He knew that the hand of the Lord was upon him. And when he gets there, this righteous anger rises up in David. Young, little, puny David. No armor. No nothing. No training in battle. And he said, "Why aren't you dealing with this wicked giant? Why aren't you dealing with this giant?" He says, "I will fight him. Nobody else is doing anything about it. Everyone, even some are running away in fear. We don't want to face this. We don't want to face the consequences that comes when, when standing against this wicked giant. We might die. We'll get hurt. And if I lose, what will my friends think? What's going to, I'm scared. So they run. David says, no. You come at me, Goliath, with a sword and a spear. You come at me with a mocking spirit. But I come at you in the name of the Lord. And he will defeat you today. And you know what David said? He even told him what he's going to do. Today, oh Goliath, here's what's going to happen to you. Though they run, though they tremble, I'm here with a slingshot and a mighty faith in the Lord. And that's all I've got. I'm trusting that the Lord will take this stone and hit it you in the head. But he says, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to knock you down. I'm going to chop off your head and feed it to the birds. And I'm going to hold your head up high and say, the enemy is defeated. No longer do we have to run in fear. Amen? And I believe, I believe that God is raising up the church of Aurelia to take out Goliath. For too long in this city, for too long, pastors have been running in fear from the spirit that resides in this city. But we declare that the Lord God is raising up a church in Aurelia. To stand against this mocking, religious, wicked spirit, Goliath. Do you hear me this morning? It's true. When we first came here, we were told many things about the history of Aurelia. God just told us to come and take over a little church. And God just used that, just like he used David to take food. He just used him to get him there. And then God started opening our eyes to the spiritual strongholds that that were in Aurelia. And it was incredible. God, I thought we were just here to take food to our brothers. I thought we were just here to take over a small church that was already established. I thought it was all going to work out fine. I thought it was all going to be just so simple. And I walk in the park and God says, no, things need to be dealt with here. We need to get prayer back in this city. I want to be Lord again in this city. I want my pastors to stop running in fear. To start stop hiding in intimidation. You stand against the intimidation. You stand knowing that it's not personal, but it's spiritual. We're like, oh God. What have you brought us into, oh God? And the Lord is rising up this church in Aurelia right now. He's doing it. He's doing it in this church. He's doing it in other churches in this city. He's doing it. Where pastors are no longer letting Satan rule this city. I'm telling you, this is, this is the reality of this city right now. This is where God has brought Aurelia. This is where God has brought this church and other churches. The city church of Aurelia. This is where he's brought it now. We're there. We're facing the giant. We're going to take him out together as one under God. And there will be freedom in this city. It's going to happen. Nothing to do with any man or any woman or any special anointing. But everything to do with God. But a willing heart, a willing man, a willing woman to stand where nobody else would stand. In the book of Ezekiel, God looked down. He said, Out of I looked at everyone, and I could find nobody to stand in the gap. And Ezekiel was the one, stand in the gap for me. Everybody else is fearful, everybody else is scared. Everybody else just wants you know no problems, no trouble, no opposition. But God is looking for a church. God is looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. And after David killed Goliath. What happened? Immediately, they loved David. And there was a song that was sung back then by all the women in, in the city and around the region. And it was so, such a popular song. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And in this moment, King Saul, another leader of the Lord, another man of God, became extremely jealous and enraged with David. Right? Am I right? Right? Because now David was getting praised. Now he saw that the hand of God was upon David. And David continued on doing what he was called to do, waiting for that appointed time of the Lord. And Saul was enraged. The Bible says that a wicked spirit came upon Saul, and he was so filled with anger and rage that he called David to play his harp. And this soothed King Saul. And the Bible says that King Saul loved David like his own son. He loved him. But then this rage would come up, and he tried to kill David. And as David was running for his life, hiding in caves, hiding in mountains, running, I heard one, one fellow say that David was like kind of like a schizophrenia. He'd be like, oh, God, I know you're with me. Oh, God, where are you? Oh, God, he was like all up and down, you know. And how many of you are like that? Oh, God, thank you. You're here. Oh, Jesus, where are you? I need you. And he was running for his life. This week has been an extremely difficult week. We all know that. But my wife, on top of everything, has been extremely sick. The first time in our marriage, she's been bedridden for 24 to 36 hours just in bed. I had to stay home from work. It was brutal. Brutal week. Brutal week. Terrible week. And last night... I said out loud, as David said, because now David's running for his life. Now David's going through the hardship. Now David's going where everyone seems to be against him. And what's going on here? And he's like, God, I thought I was called. God, I thought you told me to do this. And now everyone's trying to kill me, and they're mad at me, and they're angry. And there's, what's going on? I'm in a cave. I should be in the palace. I should be watching sheep alleys. I'm in a cave hiding for my life. What's going on? And there was a time that David said these words. And this is what I said last night. Oh, if I had wings like a dove, I would fly away. How many of you have ever said that or felt that way? Show me your hand. Oh, God, if you just put some wings on these back, I would be out of here. I'd fly away from all this junk, fly away from all this trouble. And when I said those words, my son said to me, Daddy, was that when David was running from King Saul? And I said, yes, it was, son. Yes, it was. Amen. There was a time where David was out to war. He was the king. He was out to war with 600 of his men. He went back to Ziklag. His homes were burnt down. His wives and children of all his men and him were gone, taken from him. His life was turned upside down. What is going on, God? I don't understand this, Lord. And the Bible says that he turned to God. He inquired of the Lord. He didn't call everyone else. What do I do? What about this? He didn't do all these things and the natural emotional things to do. He called upon the name of the Lord. He didn't know what to do. He was at this crossroads. Oh, God, life is confusing. Doesn't seem right right now. My wife and children and everything is slipped under me. The rug is pulled out of my feet. He says, "And the, let's go get them. No, and he cried of the Lord. Shall I go? What do I do? He said, go, and he recovered all. Amen. And that's the key of what I want to talk to you about this morning. The Bible says, That David inquired of the Lord. David's source of strength in times of hardships, in times where everything seemed to be coming at him, was the word of the Lord. Amen? The Bible says in Psalm 119, David says, Oh God, your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. When there is nothing but darkness around me, when there is nothing, I can't see one foot in front of me. Your word, I open up your word. I find the truth of your word. I find the light of the gospel and it shines in the darkness. It shines in the darkness. Not what I can comprehend, but your, your word, your word brings light in the darkness. It's a light unto my path, amen? A lamp unto my feet. It shows me where to go. It sh- shows me how to deal with things. It shows me how to handle stuff. It shows me how to get through life. When all else, and that's what David said, your word, your word is a lamp to my feet. Your word shows me where to go. Psalm 119, if you're hopeless, Psalm 119, verse 114, you are my hiding place, he says, and my shield. I hope in your word. I don't hope in anything else but your word, O oh God. Psalm one nineteen eleven. David says, your word, O oh Lord, I have hidden in my heart that I don't sin against you. How many of you know that when life gets tough, it gets easier to sin? just me? Arlene, yeah? When life gets tough, when life isn't all that much fun, it is easier to sin because there's pleasure in sin. Amen? It makes you feel good. And without the Word of God living within us, the Word of the Lord, we will sin. We, with the Word, we will sin. Amen? With the word, we will still sin. But when we got the living word living within us, we will not fall into habitual sin. And David said, I'm so struggling here. What am I going to do? I'm so tempted. I'm so weak. I just want to live my life in the flesh. He says, but I hide your word in my heart so that I don't sin against you. Amen? That was the prayer of David. Psalm 119.50, David says, your word, O Lord, has given me life. Amen? His word is life. Stay in the word. Turn to your Bibles to John 8, please. John chapter 8. We'll start at, We'll read verse 31. Everyone say, stay in the word. John 8, verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you, Jesus, say that you will be made free? Jesus says in verse 31, if you stay in my word, If you live your life in my word, everything about your life in my word, then you will be my disciples. And then, once you've got that down, once your life, every moment, every day is getting into the word, getting into the heart of God, what does the Bible say for me to do today? How am I to handle this the the Bible's way? Once we have that, once we stay and abide in the word, then verse 32, then we are going to know the truth. Then we will be free. Amen? Amen? We're not just free to do whatever we want. We're not just born again, washed in the blood, filled with the Holy Spirit, go ahead, uh, you know, reject my word, do what you want. God commands us, abide in my word, then you will be free, then you will stay free, then you will know truth in your life. Amen? Then you'll hear my heart and not the world's heart when you abide in my word. But look at the response from the the Pharisees and Sadducees. They answered to him. Yeah, but. They're like, yeah, but, 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 you know, stay in the word. Get in the word. Know the word. Then you'll be free. Then you'll be truth. Straight Jesus told them very clearly what they're to do. But then they have these excuses. Oh, but, but, but we do this. But we, we go to church a lot. But we like to just sit and listen to praise music. But we like, nothing wrong with that. But he said, stay in the word. Know my word so you can be free. And they said, but listen, Jesus, we're we're Abraham's descendants. We're of Abraham, right? We we follow Abraham and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you'll be made free? All they had was an excuse for Jesus. And if you read the whole book, a chapter of John, chapter 8, it was just excuse after excuse. Yeah, but this, yeah, but this. And Jesus says, you stay in the word. But all they had was excuses. And Christians today find themselves to be no different. Yeah, but I'm doing all these other good things. I don't really need your word. Right? Instead of praying and seeking the Lord's heart in the word of God, they just go on their emotions. They go on their feelings. They go based on circumstances. That is not how we as Christians are called to live. It's not at all. We're to be different from this world. We don't follow the world's systems. We follow the Bible in everything. So what's happened? We just simply put our Bibles away. There's no room. There's no time. Amen? Listen to verse 37. Jesus says after their response, I know that you're Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. There's There's no room in your heart. There's no room in your mind. There's no room in your life for my word. You're so busy. You're so full of everything else. Education and the way society runs things and the way the world does things. There's no room for my truth. There's no room for your word. Flip over to verse 43. Jesus says, why don't you understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word, you are of the father, your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Isn't that amazing? That is hard, is it not? Jesus says, you, there's no room for you for my word. You're so full of this world. You're so full of everything else that this world offers. There's no room in, in your heart for my word. He goes on to say, you can't even listen to it, right? Right? You're not able to even listen to it. Do you know there's many, quote, Christians that sit in church and they don't hear a word from God? They don't. They go through the motions. And it's fake. It's false. And what does Jesus tell them that they are? You are of the devil. That is incredible. Does that not open our eyes? That opens my eyes. That stops my life. Father, if I ever become religious, if I ever become to come to a place in my life where I'm not really hearing your word, where my life is so full of other things, I have no room for you, then I am of the devil. I'm working for Satan. Do you understand that? Jesus said it. Oh, that's a hard saying. And Jesus says to his disciples, these people leave. And he turns to his 12, right? He was preaching hard sayings. Are you going to go with them? And Peter says, where else do we go? You have the words to eternal life. God, the Bible, the word of the Lord is all we have, Christian. It's all we have, people. In everything. Paul told us in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5. People are going to have a form of Godliness. But they'll deny its power. Paul says, people are going to rise up in the church with a form of godliness. They will look the part. But they will deny the power. What is the power? Do you want to know what the power is? Let me read it to you in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. The word of God is living and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is living and powerful. Paul is talking about there's going to be a people that label themselves Christians that rise up in the church. They have a form of godliness. They look, they smell, they act like God's people. But they deny the power of God's word. They deny that the Bible is the whole truth. And that the Bible is how they are to lay out their lives. Nothing else. Not the Bible and something. Not something and then a little bit of the Bible. And that's the problem in the church today. A while ago I was watching, there was two preachers on the same time, different channels. And I would turn to one preacher, both in the States. And all I heard was his his understanding, his education. I didn't hear any Bible from this man. I would flip back to this older preacher in the States, and all I heard was the Word of God. All I heard was the truth of God's Word. I flip back stories, jokes, funny things, fables, to itch their ears. People love that. Pe- people that deny the power of God's Word, they love just to be told nice stories and nice jokes and things that I've learned in my life. There's nothing wrong with jokes, there's nothing wrong with stories, but if it's with the Word of God, if it's behind the Bible, Amen? Turn to Acts 13, please. I assure you I'm not mad. I'm very passionate. Very passionate. And it's only since coming to Aurelia that God has driven me to the word of God. You know how he's done it? By ripping my life apart. That's how he's done it. By taking a lot from me. By bringing a lot of trials and tribulations. The Bible talks about that. All who desire to live godly will suffer persecution. It's in there. So if you desire to live for God, if you desire to seek Christ first, you're going to go through some real hardships. But let it do what it's supposed to do. Let it drive you to your knees. Let it get you in the word like never before. Church, that's where we got to stay. Acts 13, just to kind of sum up where we're at here. Paul is, uh, Paul is preaching this message on the Sabbath. He's in Antioch, and he's preaching this incredible message. It's amazing if you read the whole book when you go home, Acts 13. Paul gets this incredible freedom from the Lord, and he basically preaches the whole Bible in one message. It's pretty, he, he, he starts preaching about the Israelites being freed from Egypt. He starts preaching about how the Israelites murmured for forty years in the wilderness, about how they the Israelites would sin. And constantly falling to sin in the book of Judges, and God kept rising up leaders and judges to to restore them and to help them, and then they would go on to keep sinning. And then He starts preaching about how Samuel anoints King Saul to be the king of Israel, and then how that falls through because of disobedience. And then Samuel anoints David, and then He starts preaching about how uh, about how the seed of David is going to come forth, talking about Jesus Christ. He's going to be born in a, mer- a manger, and then He starts talking about John the Baptist. This is all in one message. This is a lot of seed to put in your ground, in one message. And then he starts preaching about John the Baptist, starts to preach about how religious people hated Jesus, and then they hung him on a cross, and then he rose from the dead and rules and reigns in heaven, all in one message. I mean, what an incredible message that would have been to listen to. And the people's response is this. Look at verse 42. And when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them next week isn't that amazing Paul preaches the straight up word he says this is it boys this is the word this is what the Bible says like it or not listen or not this is it and the Jews the religious Jews they got all offended but the Gentiles the Bible says they went to Paul thank you for giving us some meat thank you for giving us some life thank you. Can you please, please preach that again next Sunday morning? That's rare to find nowadays when men anointed of God preach the word of the Lord, and it's hard to deal with, and it convicts hearts, and it convicts sin, and it it breaks people down. That's what the spirit of god is for to break us down and to build us up with his love but when people experience that they don't they're not they're not like that oh please let's do it again next time they say no we're out of here or no pastor stop preaching so hard i'm offended stop preaching the bible Throw in more jokes. Shorten it. Give me twenty minutes. A few jokes. A few illustrations. One Bible about God. One Bible verse about God's love and money that will make me successful. And then we can sing another song and go to Swiss Chalet. And we chuckle, and it's kind of funny, but it's so true that it's terrible. They begged him, "Please, please, oh please." We haven't heard this kind of word ever. We've been so dry. We've been so dry. We're tired of the milk. We want the meat of God's word. Please come back and do that again. I feel God so close to me. Preach this again next week. Read verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. How many of you know we need some more boldness in the church nowadays? Pastors are so filled with fear They cower behind the pulpit. They're so afraid. God's given us authority. Paul and Barnabas grew bold, verse 46, and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But, speaking to the Jews, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. You don't want to hear it? You reject the word of God, you reject what the spirit of God is saying, fine. We'll give it to those who want it. Amen? That's what the Bible is saying. Paul knew even then there was no time for this foolishness. There was no time for these games. This is everywhere. Some hear, some listen, and some do the word of God, but many reject it. Turn to Hebrews 5, please. Go right, Hebrews 5, verse 12. The writer says to Christians, to us, to God's people, Hebrews 5, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need to be advanced in the word. You should be teaching others is what he's saying you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food, not meat. Verse 13, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Paul says, Christian, I'm here and I'm telling you again that you need to get off this milk and start pressing into the solid food of God. Why? What's the big deal? Why is this so important? Look at the last line again in verse 14. To discern both good and evil. If we don't have the full counsel of the word of the Lord, we will live our lives as Christians with no discernment. We will hear things and believe it. We will become so gullible. We'll hear a million things and think every one of them is right. But when we have the word... He says, you're unskilled in the word. You're a baby. How many of you know you can be a Christian 30, 40 years and still be a baby? Still be sucking the milk. Still be just wanting the baba. Give me the baba. Don't give me the hard stuff. I don't want meat and potatoes. I want my nice, warm little milk. And then I can fall asleep on mommy's belly. Isn't it amazing how he talks about babies? Babies, babies, my daughter, 18 months, she's starting to be able to discern a little bit. She's learned some lessons by falling down and whatnot. But babies, when newborn babies are born, and they're one month, two months, they they don't know anything. They sit there and drool and poop and pee and stink, and they cry, and they smile occasionally because it's gas. Babies can't do anything. Babies can't get up and go about taking care of themselves, let alone others. They have no discernment. They'll walk, my daughter, even now, she'll walk up to the stairs and she'll keep walking. What's going to happen? She doesn't know she needs to stop, grab the railing and walk down. There's no discernment in babies. They'll eat. I remember a while ago, I was feeding her, her dinner and then I took something on a spoon that was like totally not food and wrong. And I went up to her mouth and she went like this. She was going to take it. Why? Because they have no discernment. Okay, that's rat poison. I'm not going to eat it. They're just like, bring it in. Do you hear what I'm saying, though? There's no discernment in babies. They believe everything they're told. All the opinions they hear. All the gossip. All the rumors. Everything they hear from media, from TV preachers. Everything they hear, yes, this is it. But we have got to stay in the word. What is true? What is really going on here? Looking past our feelings. Looking past how we feel and our emotions. And even knowing that if we see it's true in God's word, it might bring some real difficulties in my life. We don't want to face these things. But I'm telling you now, and the word of God is saying, that if we don't eat the meat of God's word, get diving into his word, seeking him in the word, we will have no discernment. And let me tell you, Let me tell you, the the disciples came to Jesus in the book of Luke 21, and they said, give us what's going to happen in the end days. What's going to happen when you're about to return? What should we expect? What should we look for? And we know, church, that today we're living in the last days. Pastor Mike preached a few weeks ago about all the things that are going to come to pass that Jesus talked about in the Word. Famines, earthquakes, disease, all these things were there. And the disciples questioned him, what are we to look for? What are the signs that we're to look for? The very first thing that Jesus says is this. Listen, Luke 21, verse 8. Jesus warns the disciples of this. The first thing he says is, do not be deceived, for many are going to come in my name. Many who? People. He didn't say anything else. The first thing that Jesus warned his church about Don't be deceived, because there's going to be a lot of people that say they're mine, but they're not. There's going to be a lot of things that arise in life, in your life, in your church, in your family, in your marriage, that look like it's of God, but it is not. Do not be deceived, Jesus says. And then he goes on, and then look for rumors, earthquakes. Are we hearing this this morning? We have got we have got to walk in discernment. If we don't, we're done for. We are done for. And the more you grow in the Lord, the more you grow in his word. You know you know this morning, and this isn't legalistic, but you know this morning how much you spend in God's word. You know this morning how much time and effort and desire you have in God's Word. That's something for you and the Lord. That's between you and God. That's, that has nothing to do with me. I'm just the oracle, I'm just the, the messenger. I know how much time I spend with God. And let me tell you, there's times I spend with the Lord, but how much of that time is that? Am I really getting something? Am I really in tune? We've got to stay in the Word. That's it. That's it. In these last days that are absolutely deceiving, so many people are becoming deceived. They believe everything because there's no discernment. Because there's no full word of God living within them. The Bible says so. We need to know this. We need to understand this. I'm going to close there. I want you to stand. Dad, could you come to the guitar, please? I have one more scripture I want to close with. <clears throat> we find in this place in God's Word where <clears throat> Moses is an old man, and Moses is about to die and go to be with the Lord, and and, and so the lord raises up a young man named joshua to to finish what god started through moses and joshua was just a young man maybe a little older than myself he didn't know much he walked with moses he he learned under moses he he saw what moses went through he kind of saw he knew firsthand of some things that would come against him because he walked with moses he was moses moses was his mentor so to speak. He took him under his wing and he helped him. And so now, this time has come where God has called Joshua to take things over. You are now responsible, Joshua, to lead the people over the Jordan into the promised land, which I promised their fathers. And so, Joshua comes on the scene in Joshua chapter 1. And let me just read this to you. I'm just going to read this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Excuse me, he's dead now. Now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. This is God speaking to Joshua. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory, Joshua. And Joshua's like, whoa, This is a huge responsibility. And God says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Again, only Joshua. Be strong and very courageous, God says that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it or to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Listen to this. Joshua, my son, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do... According to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Again, he says, Be strong and of good courage. The one main thing that the Lord tells him, he doesn't say, Get better armor, get 10,000 more men to go with you. He says, Pick up your Bible, meditate on this Bible every day day and night know what it says he says don't you ever let these words not be in your mouth when you're living life speak the word when you're at your job speak the word speak the truth speak the bible joshua christian He says, you meditate on it. I know you can't read it all day, every day. You got to sleep. You got to eat. You got to work. You got to raise babies. You got to
1: live your life. I know that, but you can meditate on it. In Deuteronomy, it says, You teach these to your sons, to your sons, to your sons, to your 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 to your to your sons, to your to your to your sons, to your to your to your sons, to your to your to your sons to your these 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 to your sons to your sons to your to your sons to your east to your sons, to your sons to your sons, to your to your sons to your east 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 to your to your sons to your sons, to your east to your 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 to your sons, to your to your sons, to your to your to your sons to your to 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 your to your sons to your sons to your sons to your sons, to your to your 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 sons to your 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 to 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 your to your sons to your to your to your sons to your to to your sons to your to your sons to your to to your to your sons, to your East Tier 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 to your sons, to your East here to your sons, to your East Tier 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 to your sons, to your East T to your sons, to your East Tier to your sons, to your East to your sons, to your East Tier to your sons, to your East Tier to your sons, to your East Tier to your sons, to your East here to your sons, to your East 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 Tier. To your sons, to your, to your, to your sons, to your, to your, to your sons, to your, to your, to your sons, to your. To your, sons, to your to to your sons to your these to your 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 sons to your sons to your to oh, your to your sons, to your east 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 to your to your sons, to your east 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 tear to your sons, to your east 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 Tears to your sons, to your East a, a a Matthew, on on to your sons to your to your 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 to your sons to your to Tier to your sons to your to to your sons to your to your sons to your to your sons to your sons to your east to your to your sons to your east to your to your sons to your east to your to your sons to your, to your, to your, sons, to your Tears to your sons, 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 to your to your sons, 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 to your to your sons, 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 to your to your sons, 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 to your to your sons, 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 to your to your sons, to your sons, to your to your to your sons, to your to your sons, to your to your to your to your sons, to your to your sons, to your to your sons, to your to your sons to your to your sons to your east to your to your sons to your sons, to your to your sons to your east to your to your sons to your sons, to your to your sons to your east 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 to your to your sons
0: Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.